Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. If you've been around Hardaway, um in each of our communities, we've been in a series, an Advent series, Christmas series, called The Christmas Story, right? We're making it clear. There are lots of Christmas stories, and uh, I don't know about you, I watched one of them, yeah? And then I watched The Christmas Story Christmas last, time, last night for the first time. That was, that was kind of fun to see Ralphie grown older. And, and Holman Ave, by the way, is in Hammond, Indiana, so that's my neck of the woods. So, you know, yeah. Uh, but before I digress and go too far down the rabbit hole, which, by the way, if you don't know me, I like to do that. So I'm going to bring it back. We're, we're talking about the Christmas story, right? We're talking about Jesus Christ coming in the world. We got to see candles lit this morning reminding us that our hope is Jesus Christ, right? That our peace, our wholeness, God's shalom is Jesus Christ. That, that joy is anchored in Christ. Our joy is Christ. That love actually is embodied in the fullness of love we see in Christ. The light of the world has come. Right? This is the Christmas story. That while all things seem dark, at just the right moment, Paul would say in Galatians, Christ came. The God of the world showed up and changed history. So I've been reflecting on this. I came across just this small phrase, and it's, it's one that's been sitting with me through most of this season. It's from Brad Nelson. He helps lead a, a, an organization called Walking the Text. But he said this, humility creates possibility. Humility creates possibility. I wonder in your life how you've seen this to be true. As I've been reflecting on this phrase, humility creates possibility, I thought about how like humility, um, when it's shown up in my life, emphasis on the when, right? Because I'm a Vanderveen. My last name is Vanderveen. We like to be right. Uh-huh. We, we like to be in control. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> this is a spiritual discipline, a practice that I'm going to work on for the rest of my life. Humility. I don't know everything. I am not God's gift to the world. You can laugh at that. That's okay. <laughs> but as I've been reflecting on it, I, like humility, how it's created possibility in my life, it's helped me understand that I don't know everything. Right, humility, while I know something about myself, while I know for each one of us, you're created in God's image, you're give, you have gifts, talents, abilities, like these are wonderful things, but humility allows me to see that I am not the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> right, sometimes I'm the, the blunt butter knife. <laughs> but humility allows me to see, I don't know everything. Humility that has created possibility has, has made me realize that while I'm gifted in some ways, so are you. And in fact, humility tells me that I need you in my life. I can only do certain things. Humility allows me to see limitations in my life, which also, by the way, tells me I don't have to play God in this world. What a relief. 
that you don't have to be the God of the world. We only have one, and his name is Jesus. He can handle it. I don't have to. But in my limitations, I recognize that actually you have gifts, you have abilities, you have strengths that I'm weak in, right? Humility creates possibility. I think about the fact that it, in humility, when, when I've been a part of leading others, it actually like, brought about more loyalty and respect. The more I've been humble and I've valued others, and I've said, I need you, and, and I, I, I have some ideas, and I may know some things, but you know what? Tell me more about what you're thinking. It's actually endeared people to me more. It, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's this upside-down kingdom of God way of doing things. Because I don't know about you, the world tells you you should demand and command. You should leave by being loud, boisterous. You should be the pioneer. Like, like, okay, that's great. There's space for that person in personality. However, it isn't the only way to lead, is it? And sometimes it can run people over. Sometimes it can say it's my way or the highway. Sometimes my agenda can get in the way of God's agenda. And humility has brought about an understanding and a possibility that goes, hey, you know what? Actually, God created us together, not me alone. Humility creates possibilities. This has stuck with me because the greatest act of humility we see in the God of the world, don't we? In Jesus coming into the world? Paul would say in Philippians 2 that Jesus, instead of being like God, became like a man. Took on flesh. Instead of swinging the stick, he became a servant. Let's read the Christmas story this morning. If you're following along in your Bibles, or if you want to follow along on screen, uh, let's hear God's word from Luke 2, the Christmas story. This was one that I had to memorize growing up. So if I mix up some words from what you know, I memorized it in a different version. So, but, but let me read this for us. God's good, awesome word. The story of all stories. Luke 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Here's, here's Dr. Luke doing his deal, right? I'm going to anchor it firmly historically in, in something that you can't really argue with. This actually happened. Verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, he also went up from there, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. Now, while they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room, there was no room available for them, or as many of us would remember, there's no room at the inn. <laughs> And while they were there, shepherds, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were freaked out. Oh, I'm sorry, terrified. <laughs> but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And I'm going to come back to this. 
But the good news of God always comes with that announcement. Do not be afraid. If I could say one thing today, the God who loves us is not one that we need to be afraid of. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. He is Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you're going to find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Now suddenly, a company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. Now when the angel had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things. She pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. And finally on the eighth day, When the time to circumcise the child, the sign of the covenant had come, he was named Jesus. Our God saves Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. The Christmas story is a a story today for us where we can know and understand that humility creates possibility. Amen? Amen? You're in agreement. When I say amen, I'm going to get a little Pentecostal on you. So come on, hang with me, reformed people. <laughs> humility creates possibility. Let's first look at the humility of Christ and the possibility that was created. We hear this as the angels come to these shepherds, right? The humility of Christ would be what? First, Do not be afraid, right? I already sold you out. I was too excited. I had to go there right away. (laughs) That the gospel message, the the angelic proclamation, the heavenly host calling out to these shepherds is this. The God of the world is not one that we have to serve, make sure that we get everything right and in order. We better make sure we hit the 10-point checklist or else, right? One that we need to be second-guessing, looking over our shoulder. Otherwise, no, our God comes to us. Why? Because his favor is for us. We hear that in the shepherds or in the angelic word, don't we? That God comes to us with his grace, his unmerited, unearned favor. We get his love because he says so. Jesus came into the world. God, we talked about this here at Watershed last week. God is love. And we see that in Christ. That the greatest act of God's grace was him putting skin on and coming into the world, coming to us, not because he needed to command or demand our allegiance, but because he loved us and wanted us and wanted to save us from the darkness that has encompassed our lives. The humility of Christ would put away fear as the controlling narrative of our lives. I want you to pause for a moment and think about all the ways fear controls your life. 
Think about it. Think about all the ways fear controls our behaviors and our lives. We're going to have a test as the church over this next upcoming year. Because there's going to be a way that happens in our country in particular where fear becomes the motivating, the moving, the, 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 the all-encompassing narrative. Be afraid. Be afraid of this president. Be afraid of that one. Be afraid of this party. Be afraid of that one. Be afraid if this happens. Be afraid if that happens. But guess what? We got a king who sits on the throne. His name is Jesus. And he says, do not be afraid. And let me tell you, we all got a bunch of different solutions, don't we? We are a hodgepodge mosaic of ideas. But so much of what's going to happen is going to be motivated by fear and control. Because the devil knows his time is up. He knows his time is done. But you know what he's going to keep trying to do? But no, that's not true. Folks, Jesus has come. It's true. We worship a king. We hear a message. One of who didn't come commanding and demanding, but would come in a manger. Say, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, right? What, what do the angels say? Good news of great joy that will be for who? All people. That in the kingdom of God, with Jesus Christ as its king, God isn't concerned about the lines we draw. He's concerned about a kingdom that encompasses his creation. Which means he's got some other things in mind, doesn't he? That the good news of the church, of what anchors us, that makes this room what it is today, amidst all of the things that make us argue around our tables, get passionate about our solutions to things. Listen, it's okay to do that. But the thing that unites us is a Christ who says, guess what? I'm giving you great news of joy that is for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. That sin and brokenness that creates the reason for all of our positions creates the reason for all of our pain? That's been overcome. We have a God who's victorious. Light has come in the darkness. There's joy. That doesn't have to be us. It doesn't have to be our narrative. We have a firm foundation. Christ's humility brings joy. The possibility for joy in our lives is in him and in literally nothing else. If we put it in something else, it will fail. I guarantee it. Find a hero, and guess what you'll find? Flaws. But not Jesus. The perfect one who would willingly take our sin upon himself so that we could be free. Joy to the world. 
good news of great joy. Jesus, the King, has come. Right? Glory to God on the highest and on earth, peace upon whom his favor rests. So if his grace is with you, where do you find shalom? Where do you find contentment? Where do you find the ability to take the long, deep breath? Where are you going to find the ability to, to navigate the ups, the downs, the all-arounds? In the solution or in Christ who is the solution? Christ's humility God's humility to put skin on, to come into the world for us, was to inaugurate a kingdom that Hebrews says is unshakable. I don't know about you, but I look around at the life world we live, there's a lot of things that can shake. <laughs> Listen, my car can break tomorrow, right? How many of us get a little shooken when our, when our car doesn't work? Amen? Right? How about, how about that Christmas turkey that get, gets eat by, eaten by the Bumpus's dog? Ah, some of you watch. Uh-huh. And now you've got to have the Christmas turkey duck. <laughs> Christmas story. Watch it. <laughs> right? The things that shake us. We didn't get the gift we wanted. It shakes us. I, don't, I, I think I've grown up past that. <laughs> Think about the things we anchor our lives in. We say, if only then. And Jesus is simply God's list for us. No. Doesn't mean those things aren't un, un doesn't mean they're unimportant. Just means the list is Jesus, our Savior, our King, our Lord. He's come. His humility changes our life. It breathes the potential and possibility for us to have new life in an unshakable kingdom. Brothers, sisters, that's the gospel. You want to know a life that flourishes. You want to know a life that is filled and has possibilities for joy, peace, hope, love. It's going to be in his kingdom. If you want to know your meaning, your understanding, your belonging, in Christ and his kingdom. How do we know this? Let's look at some of the stories of people whose humility in Christ created possibilities. And what we know may be for us. Think about Mary. Mary who would be the first to be indwelt with the God of the world. Whoa! Right? Like seriously, the Holy Spirit would come and then she would be given Jesus, the Savior of the world. Did you know that if we accept Christ in our lives, if we humble ourselves before the King, God says, you know what? I'm going to indwell you too with the same Spirit. Hot dog! I told you I'd get a little Pentecostal. Right? We, I grew up in a Dutch church. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Think about it. Mary humbled herself before the message of Gabriel, before the message of God, before God himself, and said, I am the Lord's servant, and that God brought about the Savior of the world in her. Think about what God can do through his Spirit in you. Just by saying, I am the Lord's servant. 
Let's go to Joseph. We didn't, throughout this series, go into Matthew's story, story of the gospel. But Joseph, he was ready when he found out his, his soon-to-be wife was pregnant because he's a righteous guy. That means he does the right things. He follows God's law. He shouldn't marry a lady who was already pregnant, right? How many of your parents would not be a... <laughs> So in his righteousness, Matthew says, he, he's gonna, he's, he was going to quietly dismiss her. And yet God came, Gabriel, the same message that would, that would come to Mary, messenger would come to Mary, came to him and said, no, marry her. Give him the name Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And this righteous man in his now soon-to-be stepson would see what real righteousness truly was. That it wasn't based on what he would do according to the law, but how Jesus would fulfill it for him. Humility creates possibility. Think about angels. Right? We don't get much into the angelic, but the angels, as messengers of God, are always dwelling in God's midst. Think about that. The angels that humbled themselves before God got to constantly be around the throne. What do they come with message? Joy, yeah, man. I get to hear God's word clearly, plainly. How amazing would that be? Like, that's what we actually get to look forward to one day when Christ returns. There's nothing standing in the way of us and God. And so when the angels humbled themselves before God, they got to experience that kind of joy. Now guess what? When those who chose not to who were of the angelic, they would be the demonic. And what was their end? Eternity of separation. Torment. Of lifelessness. But man, the angels, joy in the presence of God. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they have the child John the Baptist, who's one like Elijah who would prepare the way. Simeon and Anna, uh, I'm not going to sell out Pastor Darwin's sermon next week, but Simeon and Anna, also priests, those serving in the temple courts. Think about it for a moment. When they humbled themselves before God, when they trusted God's word, what did they get to see? They actually got to see dreams fulfilled. Not dreams just one day, but they got to see God breaking in in the moment. The promises that they held onto affirmed and confirmed. Talk about a solid foundation on which to stand. That when we humble ourselves before a God who is at work in our lives, we know that he doesn't stop working today. It may be hard to see it sometimes. But God's story is one where he keeps on breaking in. Because he wants to breathe his life into us and gift it to us. Think about Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? They couldn't have a child. And what did God do when he showed up? He, gave, he took away their disgrace. If we come to Jesus, we humble ourselves before him. He has the ability to take away the disgrace of our lives. The things that make us regret. The things that make us Worry, wonder, again, that cause fear. Matthew tells us of the Magi. These Persian astrologers. You know, the people of Persia were once oppressors of the Jewish people. So talk about outsiders, 
right? <laughs> These are Gentiles of Gentiles. They, in, in practicing astrology back in, that would kind of be against the law a little bit there. And so they were, they were really kind of outsiders. And yet here, when they see the star, they had, they had heard some of these prophecies when they were kind of commanding the Israelite people, right? Making demands of them. But they heard some of these prophecies. So they see the star and they're like, let's follow it. And these people that we sing of, we three kings, who do they find? They find the king. How amazing. Think about the shepherds in our story today. The last ones picked, okay? The reality is if they were playing on your team, their old Billy over there, nobody wants on the team, okay? But who's the first ones to the party? Talk about possibility. When you think you don't belong in the kingdom of God, Jesus says you do. You might be an outsider. You might be one who, who's, who's actually the other, once an enemy. You might be the scruffy, the ratty, the down and out, the, 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 the biggest, I'm sorry, the boneheaded bozo. Like, you know, like these are words I've had to wrestle with my own life. <laughs> But Jesus coming in his humility brought about an ability for us to feel welcome, to be welcomed and to belong, to say, you matter here. John the Baptist. Jesus would say of John the Baptist, there is no one born of a woman like John. It's the greatest, Matthew eleven eleven. And yet, in the same very breath, Man, John was great. And John says, by the way, hey, I must decrease, he must increase. In his humility, he gave way to the king of the world. In that, then Jesus would say, you know what? John's great. He did some wonderful things. But the least in the kingdom are going to be the greatest. Humility creates possibility for us. One person in the Christmas story that we don't hear, we hear in Matthew is Herod. Think about Herod. He hears the message from the Magi. What does he do? Herod is the illegitimate king of the Jews, okay? He was put there by Rome. He's not nominated by, by the Jewish people. As, as much as he was put there by Rome, he, he's afraid of the people, the Jewish people, Right? He's afraid of, because if they do something dumb and rile up Rome, guess what? Rome's coming after him. Why? Because as soon as they put him in, they, that, as quickly they could take him out. Right? Fear? You hear of another king coming into your territory? Am I going to go explore, humble myself? Am I gonna? No. What's he do? He starts killing off two years. Incredibly bloody night. See, the lack of humility also creates possibility. And what does that create? A lack of humility? It created more brokenness, more pain, more agony, more hurt. Christ humbled himself. We are invited, as Scripture tells us, to humble ourselves. James says in, in James 4, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. 
Brothers, sisters, that's the good news. The one who humbled himself, became like us, became one of us, did everything we couldn't do for ourselves so that we could be restored, so that we could have his riches, so we could be part of an unshakable kingdom, so that we could be filled with joy, so that we could have a shalom, a peace, we could experience love, we could experience belonging, we could experience worth, right? That gift he gave to us. And in that gift, we're promised, and and that promise continues throughout Scripture. God will lift us up if we humble ourselves before him. I wonder in what ways uh, this morning Christ's humility can bring new life in your life. The way Christ humbled himself can be good news for you. And I wonder in the same breath what it would look like for us to humble ourselves before Christ, in Christ, in some areas in our lives that maybe we have yet to have done. Where we say, God, you know what? You're God. You are the Lord and Savior. I believe it in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. But Lord, I'm going to humble myself before you. Folks, we're not in control of what he's going to do. But I do know this throughout the scriptures that his way will bring life. That that life of the one who would come, who was born to bleed, to go to a cross, would also come back to life, would be resurrected and say, guess what? And I'm going to resurrect you. I wonder how humility can create possibility for you and in your life this season. Let's pray. God, you have lowered yourself. You brought yourself down to our level. You didn't have to. Certainly, Lord, in all reality and probably all of the the world's strategic plans (laughs) may have seemed like the most unprofitable, unimaginable way of doing things. How is that going to lead to success? And yet, you operate out of perfect wisdom. You operate in an unshakable kingdom. And you said, my way? This this is the way? This is the way that works. That humility creates the possibilities for us. That by offering your life, we would come to life. And Lord, we know that's the only way we can truly find it. It's not going to be in any solution that we even can come up with. The best ones we can even, through knowing the scriptures, Lord, our solutions will always pale in comparison to yours. Solutions already come. And he's coming again. Jesus. Lord, help us to be more firmly, more deeply anchored in that truth. Help us to find freedom in that truth, to find the friendship that you have restored to us. Lord, we are adopted children in your family because of this gift, this humility. Lord, and bless us with your rest, your peace, your shalom, your contentment as we humble ourselves before you. Lord, this is good news. Lord, and we celebrate. We celebrate you. 
We celebrate who you've been. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate who you will be because in you, we find who we truly are. God, thank you. We praise you. We honor you in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk Ministries, please visit us at harderwijk.com.